<clears throat> As usual, I need to start with my cup of coffee. <sighs> See that? Iron Man, baby. Iron Man. I just, I gotta just tell you, every day you need to be getting better. Challenge yourself and do something as stupid as this. But you know what? I did it. and welcome to another episode of the Commercial Claim Show. Today is kind of a special one. Today's a, a little bit of a interesting topic where I think we could really start a discussion amongst all of us PAs because I believe today's show is going to basically I think we all have our different styles. We all have our different things that we're going to bring up to the insurance company too argue our claims. How are we going to get some of our claims paid for the way we want them to get paid for? Well, in order to do that, we need to have successful arguments to present to the insurance adjusters that will get us what we want and get us what we want for the homeowner. So it, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting topic because these are my personal arguments that I use when, when I get fought on, on some of these things. And, and I'm going to break it down into like estimate and policy and stuff like that. But I would like to open up some kind of discussion where if you could leave a comment below and let me know some of your arguments, I really believe that we could help each other out. I'm also probably, I would like to maybe post something like this on, on one of the Facebook groups. There's a lot of good Facebook groups out there. So if you didn't know that, I would strongly recommend that you just type in public adjuster groups on Facebook and you'll find that there's a lot of real good ones. Um, so today, that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about my favorite, my most successful arguments uh, throughout the insurance claims process to get maximum payment for the claim and, and just sometimes just to get plain old coverage. Um, I'm gonna break it down into one, two, three things, okay? Uh, well, no, just really two things. Uh, arguments on my estimate and arguments on policy. Just those two things, and I'm only going to give a few examples in each because there's going to be things that I'm just forgetting and I haven't even gotten to yet and that's going to come in the future or that hasn't come up in the past or, or just that I've forgotten. So um, yeah, let's get to it. The best arguments that I present to the insurance company. So the first one, let's, let's go with the estimate, okay? So you write an estimate and you're going to write everything that you feel you have an argument for. And you know that the insurance company is going to contest you on some of these things. So one of the things that I get contested on, uh, very rarely now, but sometimes you never know, is just a continuous flooring argument. Okay, If it's continuous flooring throughout the house, it needs to be written up. And frankly, the insurance company likes to say that if there's a threshold in between a door or something, so if you've got like the wood or laminate flooring and you've got that, you've got that threshold right in the middle between room and hallway or whatever that they don't need to pay for that I mean I'm in complete disagreement with that and the argument is it's obviously it's all of the same floor whether it stops because of a plank or not it doesn't make a difference it could stop from any other plank it wouldn't even matter but when the house was designed and you're gonna hear me say this a lot when the house was designed and before the loss occurred it was all the same flooring and whether there's a threshold or not all that is is a little separation between one plank and another plank as far as wood flooring is 
is concerned. And the same sort of goes for tile also. You know, they're all matching, they're all the same, and it's continuous. Just because it goes from one room to another, it, it just, it, it makes no difference, okay? So they need to understand that, that it's, it's still continuous. It's just a little bit more of a separation between one plank or tile and the other. Um, the other one is line of sight. This one's a little bit uh, harder of an argument. Line of sight is basically, which I get pretty often up here or down here in Tampa, is if I have uh, wood flooring in one room, is let's say in a bedroom, and then there's an entrance to the house, and that's just tile, and then on the complete other side of the house is the rest of that wood flooring. Well, frankly, that's major line of sight. When you walk into that house on that tile, when you look to your right, there's wood flooring. When you look to your straight ahead or to your left, it's the same wood flooring. It's all within your line of sight. So therefore, it should all be paid for because once again, my biggest argument to all of that is when, is before the loss occurred, the house was purchased because they liked the tile entrance and the wood on this side of the house, wood in front of them and wood on the other side. So it should all still look like that after the loss gets paid for. So line of sight, if you could see even if you have a much larger threshold and another room or hallway area or something like that is, is separating these two separate kinds of floors, well, I use the line of sight argument and it needs to be paid for, fact of the matter, because that's the way they purchased a home. Uh, this one's a good one, baseboards, okay? So insurance company only likes to pay for damaged baseboards. So if there's a bedroom that suffered the water damage and it's got continuous floor from the bedroom throughout the entire house, and there was baseboards damage in that room, well, I'm still going to write up all of the baseboards throughout the house. Because I challenge you right now to go on YouTube and to search how to detach and reset baseboards. Is it possible? Yes, of course it's possible. Are you gonna damage the baseboards? Chances are you are going to damage the baseboards. And to give somebody all new flooring in the house, and when they go in to do the flooring from whoever it is that they contract to do it and they don't replace the baseboards and they expect to detach and reset every single baseboard in the house, it's just not going to be feasible. Even if you're going to repaint them, the damage that is, is the, the possibility of the damage that you have to these baseboards as a result of yanking them out, putting the floor and then putting, putting them back in, it's just, it's just not, it's just not feasible. The other thing is, if, if, and I know the insurance company says we have to pay for what is there, but if you've got some thick wood flooring on there and then you decide to go with a thinner wood flooring, well, guess what? You're going to see the old line of the baseboard there. You're going to have to get completely brand new baseboards just based on that argument. So when the floor runs underneath the baseboard, you as a public adjuster, you have to put to replace the baseboards in there. Are they going to fight you for it? Yes, they will. But you need to fight back and tell them the reasons why it needs to be replaced. Okay? And those reasons are the damage that are going to be sustained as a result uh, of the detaching and the resetting. And the fact that if, if there's a different size floor that goes in there that's not the exact same, it's going to show. And that needs to be addressed. Another one that I get fought on all the time is every time I write up the floor and I write up the baseboard, I write up 10% drywall as well. Because once again, I will take you back to the process that you're looking at on YouTube right now or after you watch me about the, the, just the, the finicky details involved with detaching and resetting a baseboard. And what happens is you damage the drywall. So once again, I need to have on my estimate 
I need to have some kind of drywall in there. And I don't put more than 25%. I'm not going a quarter of the wall. I'm only putting 10%, just a little bit of the wall, just, just for the chance of, like I said, you're gonna be scratching that, base, that, that drywall. You're gonna be screwing it up and, and, and it needs to be, it needs to be in there. And don't tell me insurance company that you don't pay for anything that's not damaged, okay? If you're gonna pay for the continuous wood floor throughout the house or the continuous tile floor, well, you need to pay for all this stuff that's not quote unquote damaged either. So that needs to be addressed. Um, the, the, the trickle down effect goes from the floors to the baseboard, to the drywall, to the texture. If you're replacing any kind of drywall, well, you need to retexture the entire wall. And it, wherever you're doing the drywall, it needs to be retextured as well. And if you're going to retexturing, you're going to be repainting. So, and make sure it's two coats all the time. So that's like, in the estimate, that's sort of the, the process that I go through. And, and those are your arguments. You need to make sure that you've got, you've got some legitimate arguments. Are you going to get it all the time? Possibly not. I'll get into that later in the video, what happens if you don't get it. Um, but it's, it's legitimate arguments that you have. You could ask any general contractor that goes into a house. They're not going to just replace the floors and detach and reset baseboards. I mean, if the baseboards are in perfect condition, they may consider it. But when anybody is doing repairs to their home, that's that's usually the process that goes into it. They're going to they're going to replace the floors, they're going to replace the baseboards, they're going to retexture the walls, replace some drywall, and they're going to repaint everything. So it's just stuff that you need to include as a public adjuster to make sure no stone gets left unturned. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, another one of my favorites is granite countertops. Oh, or I could start with I could start with the 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 kitchen cabinets, the repairs of three feet of kitchen cabinet. That's a good one. Obviously we know if there's kitchen cabinet damage, all of them need to be replaced. I mean, that is to me one of the simplest things. When you buy a new kitchen, you don't just buy one box. You buy all of your cabinets, not just lowers, but uppers. So don't accept the repair one cabinet argument. All of them need to re be replaced no matter what. And please, please spare me with the refacing of the uppers or the refacing of the other cabinets because I challenge you again to go on YouTube and just type in refacing kitchen cabinets. Can it be done? Yes, but that's not the way the cabinets were bought. They were bought, most of them, as, as complete sets and as complete, you know, blocks of cabinets. And I've seen the process of the refacing and basically you're just putting an adhesive on top of these cabinets that could very well could very well come off and be damaged later on. And, and that's it, we all know that after three years of a claim, once the claim is in file and a public adjuster is involved, you know, we sign a release, that's it. It can't be, it can't be done again. And for these cabinets to get refaced with just a, a sticker on there to make them look the same, that doesn't make sense. And again, it's not gonna look the same either. So, I mean, the refacing, argue, the refacing argument to me is, it's almost just tough to even fight it because in my opinion, I think it's rather ridiculous. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, I did speak to an adjuster the other day and I haven't gotten it back yet, but he was trying to tell me that the refacing price on his estimate or on his Xactimate software is equal to or more than the replacement. Uh, I told him I would prefer for it to be replaced anyway, but I, if, you, if you're right or if he's right, please, I mean, let me know. I'd love to see the line item on that one. Um, but yeah, you can't. You need to replace lowers and uppers on your estimate public adjusters. You can negotiate later to make sure that you have enough money for the client to get whatever it is, but by no means, if one cabin is damaged, all the lowers and all the uppers need to be replaced. 
If there's no cabinet damage and it's continuous floor and the floor runs underneath the cabinets, I know a lot of public adjusters that are going to put to replace the cabinets just because of the sensitivity and the difficulty, just like the baseboards, the difficulty it is to, 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 to lift up cabinets and, and replace floor, you're going to have to replace them. And when I first started, I used to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like to be too aggressive or overly abusive. Um, so what I usually do is I do put to detach and reset the kitchen cabinets if, um, if there's no damage to the cabinets and it's only because of continuous floors. However, I always, 100% of the time, put to replace granite countertops because I have lifted one of those granite countertops before and besides the fact that I almost broke my back, it was one of the most delicate things, most heaviest things and most delicate things that I've ever picked up. And, and when you go to detach and reset these cabinets, which again, it's just something that I, I sort of do not to, not to be too pushy, uh, which you guys, some of you may very well disagree with me, I always put to replace the cabinets, and I think it's an easy argument. And if you're detaching and resetting cabinets, or even detaching and resetting the countertop, the backsplash is going to get damaged as well. That needs to be replaced also. So those are just a couple of things in regards to the estimate. Um, definitely the continuous line of sight, baseboards, drywall, and then the granite countertops and the refacing of cabinets. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a little nuts. So, you know. Uh, another one that I get is when I produce a, a, a plumbing invoice, for example. Um, you know how the, the, the pipe is not covered, okay? And that's the materials. And what they cover is, what they cover is the labor. Uh, they, I, they try to argue with me that they don't cover all of the labor, they only cover the access to the pipe. Well, in my opinion, I don't see much of a difference between the labor and the access because most of your labor is going to go into the access anyway. So just a word of advice, what I usually do with the, with the if, if I get an invoice from a plumber, I try to have them separate just the two things, labor and materials. And that's pretty much it. And that's what I'm going to negotiate. If they want to fight me and say, we don't pay for all the labor, we only pay for access. Well, that's fine. I've got it separated already. Let's negotiate and see what we can get to. But you're going to have to pay some of this plumbing invoice. So, and we all know that the plumbing material is usually not that expensive. And it's the labor that's really going to go into it. All the guys that they got out there doing whatever replacement. So make sure, word of advice, uh, to separate any kind of plumbing invoice or roofing invoice or anything. Um, you want to separate the labor and the materials. And again, you could, or you could negotiate the labor from there. Uh, even though I would be pretty strong on the fact that you could say access, but how can you tell what the difference is between access and anything else? So uh, there's that. Um, so some policy arguments, okay? Some policy arguments. Uh, Pre-existing damage, long-term damage, okay? You know, this is one that we get all the time. A lot of the policies here in Florida allow for 14 days. If they feel that the damage is the damage has been going on or has been there for longer than 14 days, then it can't be covered. A lot of our homeowners policies, one of the biggest differences between homeowners policies and dwelling policies is in a homeowners policy, um, most of the policies state that if you do not notice the damage, if you do not see anything and it is a hidden damage, for example, damage behind a wall or damage inside and underneath kitchen cabinets, or anything like that, it's still covered because it is a hidden damage. It wasn't seen until 
excuse me, the loss actually occurred. So, so beware of that. Uh, take a look at the policy, see which kind of policy you're playing with because every time the insurance adjuster is going to go in there and say, well, that damage is old and that's not covered. You need to make them aware that it is a homeowner's policy if that's what it is. And in the homeowner's policy, it specifically states that if the damage is hidden and unseen, it is still covered under the policy. So beware of that. The other thing is, who are you to tell me, insurance adjuster, that this damage is more than 14 days old? It, it really doesn't matter. Like I said, I mean, if it's one, just noticed by the homeowner, whoever it is, and number two, you just don't know. Nobody knows how long that damage has been going on. Because as, as I'm sure you could find an engineer or an expert that says it's taken longer than 14 days and I'm sure the insured could find an engineer that will say just the exact opposite. So fact of the matter is none of us are experts and not even engineers in my opinion on how long damage has actually been going on. So it's very vague argument that uh, this whole 14 day thing, uh, at least in Florida, is kind of it's kind of interesting because to me, I mean damage is damage. If you first notice it, you first notice it and who are you to tell me how long it's been happening I mean nobody nobody knows that for a fact so that's the long-term pre-existing damage um, water damage limits so we've got here in Florida a big issue with water damage limits they're putting $10,000 water damage limits um, the argument that I've been posing for the insurance company a lot of these things require that you access through the floor or you access through the walls or you access through whatever it is to replace the supply line or the drain line well the access through the wall the access through the floor is not water damage. You could go ahead and look at the definition of water damage on a policy and and butcher uh, breaking through or jackhammering through a tile floor is not water damage. That's access. Okay, you and you need to be able to access that pipe in order to replace the pipe that is causing the cause of loss. So those are two completely separate things. So if I've got an estimate for continuous flooring throughout the house because the drain line underneath the home needs to be replaced and I've got $100,000 in damages, uh, I'd say probably, and the only water damage is to the kitchen cabinet and the bathroom cabinet, well, I probably got a good, I probably got a good seventy-five thousand dollars that is just dedicated only to access. So make sure that you 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 have them separate that. And I've had to win that argument in litigation, but I've also won that pre-suit as well without any kind of lawsuit. Um, they just agreed with me. They said, "You're right. You know, it is access. That's not water damage." And we got that paid, which is something I like to go back to every once in a while and let them know, "Hey, you're giving me crap about this, but I've gotten it paid before." So sometimes that helps. Um, so that's pretty much it. That's all I got. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff, which is why I thought this video was interesting because I'd like to sort of open this up and see if you've got any other arguments that you use uh, in regards to in regards to things. Uh, something that's not on my list, actually, I just didn't even think about now is, is roof damage from a hurricane, right? So a lot of times, I mean, the arguments that we have here in Florida after Hurricane Irma came through is 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 continuous tile just like you have on the floor uh, if we've got in miami for example a lot of these spanish tiles that were that were that were uh installed 10 20 30 years ago and if you've got a handful of broken tiles uh, as a result of wind damage from the hurricane well whether it's 26 percent broken or not all these tiles need to match because I, anybody who's got a tile roof knows that you put in new tiles in there whether they're from the same manufacturer or not, they're not gonna look the same. And you're, 
your 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 roof looked uniformly equal prior to the hurricane or prior to the storm uh, you expect that you expect it to look like that after the storm so that's one argument we use for the tile roofs whether there's a lot of damage or not and then another one for shingles is public adjusters go up there um, obviously you it's nice to have some some shingles already lifted up and, and torn off as a result of the wind but a lot of these shingles get compromised and are now lifting they've got this tool that you could use it looks sort of like this and you could sort of put it in between the tile and if it goes if it goes pretty far in there several inches then chances are that that shingles been compromised you mark that down on the roof take a photo of it and then not just that shingle needs to be replaced but all of the shingles around it need to be replaced and these things add up and once they add up to more than 26 percent which is in florida if 26 percent or more of a roof has been damaged the whole thing needs to be replaced uh, that's that's an argument that i know many of my fellow public adjusters in florida and in miami um have been using so and it's and it's and it's what i've used as well and it makes sense you know nobody wants that the point is you've got to remember pas you're most important person is the client um, and 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 the last thing you want is for a claim to get settled and paid and then further down the road all these issues start coming up that weren't addressed at the time of the law so you know if you're an independent adjuster or, or a company adjuster listening to this video besides the fact that you think I'm a total douchebag and you're cursing me out which is totally fine um, you may disagree with all my arguments because you don't want your insurance company to pay, but I hope you could understand our position of making sure that we put the homeowner back whole. We're not trying to, to get him anything more or she more than they don't deserve. We're trying to make sure that once this claim is over with and done with, that they've got enough money to, to do everything that they need to do in this house because, I mean, you never know what could come up in the future. And like I said, if it was never addressed, then that's going to be an issue and that's that's going to look bad on the public adjuster so um the last thing i just wanted to say is all of these arguments there none of them are 100 percent proof I, I wish they were i wish we could just present an argument and every time it's going to get paid um in our line of work i'm going to say that uh, how do i want to word this we need to throw okay, i'm going to say it we need to throw as much shit against the wall and make sure it sticks as long as we have a legitimate argument which is why i'm i'm putting this video together um the arguments are there everything that i mentioned today i have gotten paid for because of these arguments every single one of them and that's the only reason why i brought them up so i will should have said that disclaimer earlier but the second disclaimer is that i've used all of these arguments before and i have gotten a lot of fight on them and we had to just sort of go back and forth and negotiate for as much money as possible so none of these arguments are 100 percent proof uh, but they may help you in gathering your estimate in when those when those arguments come up uh, at least you've got a rebuttal uh, a, an intelligent rebuttal that sounds that sounds legitimate and and, and possible um, that being said I'm sorry for you states that don't have the whole attorney thing but if if they decide to tell you to pound sand and they send you to hell is what I always say then thankfully we do have attorneys um, and I know in Texas too and in Florida um, that you if they decide not to pay or severely underpay and you and you've got no more fight and they're ignoring you you got to file a lawsuit uh, it's just the nature of the beast in our business um, quite a few claims end up in litigation so even with all of our arguments even if with everything that that we that we present 
I want you to remember if you take anything from this video is we are at the mercy of the insurance company. And we can present all the arguments and intelligent arguments that we can, uh, but at the end of the day, if they don't want to pay, it, it will end up in litigation. I will say one more thing if you're still even watching this video. The best thing that you can do is hire experts. I should have said this before, but that's fine. You want to hire experts because that's gonna help your argument tremendously because at the end of the day, we're public adjusters. Our job is to read policy, negotiate, and put estimates together on how much it's going to cost, but we're not an actual plumbing expert, we're not a roofing expert, we're not engineers. Uh, if you're able to get these experts to go and evaluate things, like for example, if they're giving you something on, if, they're, if, they're, if they don't wanna pay continuous tile for whatever reason, if you can get a tile expert, somebody who sells tiles out there and says, hey, we don't make this tile, or hey, we do, but it ain't never gonna match, you get that in the documentation, that is that is one of my best advices that I can give. And questions that I get from people on, on social media, a lot of times they don't like my answer, but a lot of times my answer is get a plumber, get a roofer, get a, get a floor expert, get somebody out there to just help your argument. Because all these arguments that I've got listed are, are great and all, um, but if you could back them up with some documentation from an actual expert of the argument that you're presenting, that's 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 gonna take you to a whole other level. So, um, yeah, hire experts. So I think we're going pretty long here. Uh, I hope you're watching it to the end. That's the best advice that I can give you. I hope it helps. Uh, but like I said, I'd like to open this up in a way where you could, um, you know, send some comments over and I'd like to hear some of your arguments that you present to the insurance company that have won in the past. Uh, subscribe to the page, share the videos, share it with other public adjusters. And I am happy to be here to mentor anybody that wants it. Uh, I've been doing this for 12 years now and we're going on 13 soon. Um, I don't know everything, but I know a lot. So send me a message, ask me a question. I'd love to help and we'll catch you next week. Later.